Thank you for joining us online uh, today. It's, it's great uh, for us to be able to worship. We pray that you've been encouraged and blessed uh, by what it is that we've put together to share with you uh, this morning. And we pray that you'd uh, be able to get past some of the technology issues. I've got a non-technology Bible here. I'd encourage you to get your uh, Bible out, whatever it is, and open up to 1 Peter 5 as we unpack this last passage of 1 Peter. Uh, we've been going through 1 Peter and, and looking at what 1 Peter has to say to us about who we are as Christians. Uh, 1 Peter is encouraging us as the people of God to be real in this world, uh, to be uh, the true Christians, displaying the true grace of God to the world around. And so 1 Peter's calling to us is to live authentic lives as Christians, uh, not to uh, live anything that's a facade or a charade, but actually to live uh, with truth in, in a way that communicates the grace of God to the people uh, that we're surrounded by in life. Uh, 1 Peter 5 speaks to a few different audiences. And so if you're looking with me at the text, uh, 1 Peter 5 speaks firstly uh, to elders and it uh, speaks to them and it says, I exhort you, tend to the flock of God that's in your charge, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you do it, not for sordid gain, but eagerly. Uh, do not lord it over those in your charge, but be examples to your flock. And so 1 Peter here is saying, actually, Anyone who holds a position of leadership within the church, anyone that might be seen as an elder, someone mature in the Christian faith, uh, you need to hold that position, the authority that you have, uh, in a way that authentically reflects Christ. Uh, that is, it's, it's one thing to pretend to care for people. It's another thing to actually, from the heart, uh, not out of compulsion, but from the heart, genuinely care for people. Uh, I know... For me in leadership, it's sometimes tempting to, to take the easy way, and it's sometimes tempting to just respond out of my flesh. But it says here, for all leaders, anyone that will call themselves a leader, well, actually, you need to set an example in, in the way that you live. Set an example of what it looks like uh, to follow the chief shepherd. And so... The temptation in this world is for leaders to get rewards. And so the leaders of public companies, they get rewarded significantly, performance rewarded significantly. But actually, for Christian leaders, for anyone in leadership as a Christian, the, the calling is to seek your reward, your crown in heaven. And, and so it's, it's interesting, the athlete that uh, was mentioned who won silver medal, uh, she co-founded this uh, group for athletes that are Christians called eternal crowns, just recognizing that whether they win a gold medal or a silver medal or a bronze medal or no medal, the, the crown for them is in heaven. And it's the same for us as Christians. We seek our crown in heaven. Uh, continuing on, along in uh, 1 Peter 5, uh, we see that in the same way, those who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, so, so those in the position of eldership uh, within the community, uh, those who are younger, <laughs> accept that authority. And all of you must clothe 
yourself with humility. All of you must clothe yourself with humility in your dealings with one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, So humility is the calling for all of us as Christians to live in in such a way uh, where we're truly humble. I I think in this world we struggle with humility. We, We struggle with what it means to clothe ourselves with humility and at one level we battle with two things pride Uh, pride says i'm better than you or i can do this better or i know better and then we also struggle with inadequacy Uh, and inadequacy i will connect that with the idea of false humility uh, that i am not sufficient that i don't measure up that uh, so pride and false humility are the the same sides of the, the two coin really uh, when we say I'm inadequate, it's, it comes from this place of, well, I don't want to present myself and lose face before other people. And so if I choose not to put myself forward because I don't have the gifts or skills in my own mind, then I can't be shot down. Both of these things are connected to uh, false grace. So true grace is based on the work of Jesus defining who I am. False grace is based on my work defining who I am. I I grew up uh, in an Anglican church and I grew up thinking that being a Christian was about doing good things and being a good person in this world. And as I examined my life, I realized I wasn't a good person and so I thought I needed to go to church more to learn how to be a good person. I struggled to put myself forward because I felt inadequate. I felt like I didn't measure up. That's a false understanding of grace, false grace. See, true grace is about us resting on uh, who God says we are in Jesus, uh, what God says about us in Jesus, the grace that empowers us in Jesus. Now, when we turn to pride or when we turn to false humility, we miss out on what God has for us in those moments Uh, where we need his grace. See, God opposes the proud or those who trust in their own strength, but God gives grace to the humble. And so the instruction from 1 Peter is for us to, verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. That is, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves, keep Alert, because like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. So we're called to humility. What is humility? Humility is is having an accurate view of ourselves. It's uh, not seeing ourselves as better than we are, but also not seeing ourselves as less than we are. Uh, True humility is actually... It's said by many, not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. So to be humble is not to think less of yourself or to downplay or deflect praise. To be humble is just to, uh, true humility is is thinking uh, less about yourself, what others think of you. And true humility is about being focused on others. Uh, Humility is found in a place of submission. 
that is submission into who God says we are as Christians. Uh, as Christians, it's so easy to just fall into the trap of having who we are being defined by the world around us, by the people around us. But true humility comes from humbling ourselves before God and allowing him to lift us up. What does it mean that that God lifts us up? It means that God speaks to us of who we are. God is the one that can give us the most accurate presentation of who we are. And so by his spirit, he encourages us and strengthens us and builds us up to have this accurate view of ourselves. And so humility is found in this place of submission to God and Actually, the, the, the pathway for all of us, no matter what your situation in, uh, the pathway for all of us as Christians to normality is humility. Say we, we want, uh, we're in a place of suffering. Humble yourselves before God and he will lift you up. Uh, say uh, you're not, confident about your direction in life humble yourself before God and he will lift you up say you're going through suffering humble yourself before God and at the right time uh, he will restore you in order to live a Christian life we need to clothe ourselves with humility we need to humble ourselves we need to be able to view ourselves as he sees us so that we can live out the normality that he has for us Uh, We can strive so easily to pursue what we think is our normal or the best for us uh, through our own works. But God says, actually, have the humility to trust him in the place of discomfort, that he will lead you to a place where you are truly comfortable. And you're only truly comfortable when you are who he says you are and you believe it for yourself. So... Humility is is the pathway to normality and it's found in this place of submission. But there's this question, who do I submit to? Uh, One Peter said to us, well, submit to your leaders because, and as uh, it says elsewhere in the Bible, they, they have care of your souls, but submit yourselves to your leaders uh, in humility so that they can lead you into a place of health. Submit yourself to God primarily, uh, so he can lead you into a place of of health. Uh, Submit yourselves to one another so that we can lead each other into a place of health. Humble yourself, but be careful what you submit to. So he brings up in uh, verse 8 to discipline yourselves to keep alert. Why is he saying that? There's a temptation to not be discerning about where we bring our submission to. And so he's saying, be careful what you submit yourself to. Uh, See, we all choose at one level to submit ourselves to something. Do we submit ourselves to our own desires? Do we submit ourselves to what the world demands of us, what our parents demand of us? Or primarily, do we submit ourselves to God? But be careful in this way of submitting, this lifestyle of submission, that you don't submit yourself to what the enemy has planned for you. You see, the enemy always has an agenda and our choice is, do I get on board with it 
Or do I get on board with what is God's agenda? Leaders are called to set the example in this that we would always choose God's agenda for a conversation, situation, relationship, which is hard. But we're all called to the humility of choosing what is best for others because we submit ourselves to God, trusting that our crown comes from him, trusting that he will lift us up. Trusting that, as it says in verse 10, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So when we're in this place of pride, uh, where we're caring and demanding what other people think of us, or whether we're in this place of false humility where we're feeling inadequate about what we think of ourselves, let alone what others think of us, we're called to come to the God of grace, to trust in the eternal glory that he offers us, to trust that he will lift us up, will restore us. You see, when we look to other people, they're not always on God's agenda. But when we submit ourselves to God, God's always got his plan in mind. And his plan for all of us is this. He will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. So when you find yourself in a place of feeling weak, unstable and uncertain, God's plan for you as you submit yourself to him is to restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. The temptation is not to trust his timetable. I don't know about you, I was excited when we met last week, and I'm I'm not excited about having to meet online, having to do relationships in general at a distance. I'm not excited about that. But I humble myself under God and trust that he himself will restore me And make me strong, firm, and steadfast. Will make you strong, firm, and steadfast. As we entrust ourselves to our faithful creator, verse 19, while continuing to do good. And so 1 Peter is speaking to a group of people that aren't in an ideal circumstance or situation, like us. And urging them to continue to pursue God's good purpose for them to see themselves as God sees them and then live that out authentically in the world. And that's his calling to us as Christians. Trust in in the midst of a world that we live in that his grace is going to meet us in the middle. See, God's not absent from from suffering. Uh, God's not distant from suffering. We, We trust in all situations that God meets us in the middle, that he meets us in the middle of a challenging circumstance in order to lead us down a pathway of restoration. That pathway is fully realized in eternity and right now we're doing our best to follow Jesus, to embrace the true grace he has for us. See, true grace says that you are worth it as a person. Uh, Worth God sending his son Jesus to call you into the family, to redeem you 
and to restore you. And not just to restore you so that you can feel good about yourself, but to restore you so that you can serve his purpose in your world. Uh, So the calling for us is to see ourselves with true humility as we are, saved by the grace of God, bought by a price, to serve a purpose and not to stay inadequacy because in that place of inadequacy we're going to miss the glorious plan that God has to use us as his people in the world. And so I've got three statements for us as we round out this series in 1 Peter. Uh, The first is I am called to eternal glory. That is, my glory is not to be sought or found now. Uh, I'm not going after what's best for me now. I'm called to eternal glory. My greatness is found in humility. So as I choose the, the path of thinking of myself accurately and living in relationship with others, uh, seeing them accurately and myself accurately in relationship with them, and then loving others because I'm more focused on others than myself, my greatness comes from God lifting me up. So my greatness comes in this, is found in humility. And then this choice. And this is a choice for all of us. It's, it's not always an easy choice. Sometimes a difficult choice to choose to clothe ourselves with humility rather than demanding our rights. I will choose. I will clothe myself with humility. So if you're comfortable uh, making those declarations, let's make those declarations now. I'm called to eternal glory. My greatness is found in humility. I will, I will, I choose to clothe myself with humility. Let me pray. Our Father, we thank you for your grace extended to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, We thank you that grace uh, meets us where we are in the middle. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that your grace empowers and strengthens us to live at our purpose in this world. Lord, help us not to get trapped uh, in a place of pride, Uh, where we care uh, too much about what others think and demand that of them. Or false humility, where we don't think of ourselves the way that you think of us and so live out inadequacy. Help us to to find this place of seeing ourselves as you see us. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to each of us Continue to speak to each of us of the truth of how you see us as your people. That we may live out uh, your grace and your mercy in this world. Lord, give us the the faith to trust you uh, when our circumstances are difficult, Lord. Give us the grace to trust you as we struggle with the difficulty of living under lockdown once again. Uh, Lord, we pray that as we are reminded of who you are and who we are in you, that you would restore hope to each of our hearts. Uh, Lord, that we'd be able to look uh, beyond our present circumstances. Lord, not just to next year, uh, but looking forward to the eternity that you're storing up for us, looking looking forward towards the the reward that you're storing up uh, for us in heaven. 
Uh, Forgive us, Lord, when we're so focused on the steps in front of our feet and help us uh, lift our eyes to look up to you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.